Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Are you okay? Yes. We're excited to be here. Yes. We're expectant this morning. Yes. Fantastic. Well, it's great. Um, it's great for you to be here. My name is Matt. I'm site leader here at Ivy Church Didsbury, and it's, it's great. I'm really looking forward to this morning. And um, it's, it's funny in some ways because after, after Jill sharing, thank you, Jill, for coming up and sharing that. I really appreciate that. And in some ways, I'm like, not really much more to say, is there? You know, Jill's done it, done my job for me. Wherever you're at, be doing it. Um, reaching out to people that you are close to. And we are actually going to be looking a little bit at that this morning. Um, but before we, get, before we get into that, before we get into the pastor, I want to start with this. I want you to think about uh, what were you like when you were at school? What sort of a student were you? I see some smiles coming on faces. Were you a good student? I know for some of us that may, you know, we're going to have to turn the cogs in the brain. When was I at school? How many years ago was that? Um, were you a good student at school? Or maybe not. Maybe you were a bad student, and I'll let you decide what good and bad means. But what sort of a student were you? Um, maybe for some of you, just turning up to class was enough. Just being there, being present in the room was enough. You're like, well, I'm here. I'm here. That's all you need me to be is here. Maybe for some of you, that was it. But I'm sure that wasn't your teacher's intent for you, was it? I said in the first service, maybe for some of you teachers, if there are teachers out here, maybe that actually is the goal, if I get them to class and I'm winning. But I'm sure there, really underneath, it's the intent as a teacher isn't that you're just there as a student in the room, but actually that you're learning. And not just to do the bare minimum, but to excel and to grow and to... Um, go on and do some amazing things in, in your life. And today we're going to look at what it's like to be a student, what it's like to be a learner. Because if we're, if we're a Christ follower this morning, if we're a Christian this morning, then that's, that's what we are. Are we not? Are we not supposed to be learners? You know, we're not here saying that I know it all, but actually I'm willing to learn and I want to grow in that and I want to um, live my life as that, as a, as a student, always looking to learn. Um, and we're starting a new series today. Uh, over, over the next couple of weeks, we're starting this new series from Lost and Alone to Found and at Home. And um, that's sort of our, our aim as a church, is that we're hoping to get people who feel lost, who don't necessarily know Jesus, haven't heard of him or haven't met him personally, haven't come in face to face with him, who maybe feel alone. Um, and we want to bring them in and we want to say, do you know what? You're found and you're, this can be your home. And you're at home here and you are so welcome here. And that's what this series is going to be looking at. And it's going to be over the next good six weeks or so. So don't miss it. You have to be here for every week for the next however many, six to eight weeks. So you don't miss out because there's going to be some great stuff. And we're going to be going through a bit of a journey together. I'm looking at different parts to help us practically do this. Help us practically take people from a position of lost and alone to found and at home. Um, if you were if you're part of Ivy and you've been to some of our all-togethers, we had one back in 2018. I just want to uh, refresh your memory where Anthony shared with us um, aims for churches. I'm going to go through this quite quickly, but 
as churches, we can have aims, can't we? And in some ways, this is one of our aims. If you know our strap line is Ivy Church, our vision, our mission is to help people find their way back to God. Help people find their way back to God. And um, some churches, or all churches, sort of have different visions, different missions. And uh, Anthony sort of took us through this. So on the screen, it's just going to come up and I'll, I'll share them quickly. So some, it may be just to get people to church. That might be their, their vision and their mission. And actually, some of them don't even have that. You know, we're not actually that bothered about getting people in. We're just happy as we are. I don't think that's us at Ivy. Some of them are to get people to make a commitment or to pray the prayer, to say, do you know what? Yes, I, I want to accept Jesus and uh, I believe in him. And do you know what? If you've not done that this morning, then I want to give you an opportunity later on to say that, to say yes. And that's great. We do want to be praying the prayer. For other churches, it may be to get people baptised. That's, our, that's the vision, that's the mission. We want to see loads of baptisms. And again, that's a great thing. For others, it may be one more than that. It may be actually, you know what, once you've been baptised, you, you need to learn the Bible. You need to understand it, get to grips with it, um, study it. And then for others, it's like, well, actually, no, it's, it's more than that. And you, you need to be a disciple. You need to be a student. We're going to look at what the, the word disciple actually means. But to be a student, to be a learner, um, to follow Jesus. And... These are all great aims. Now, I'm not saying that any of this is bad. And I think we do all of this sort of stuff here at Ivy. But I want to ask the question this morning, is that what Jesus instructed us as followers of him? Did he instruct us? Was this his aim for us as his disciples? What did he mean? Was that his instruction for his disciples when he was alive and the people that he spoke to face to face? Was that his aim for them? And is that the aim for us today? We're going to be reading from Matthew 28, uh, 16 to 20. So if you've got a Bible and you want to open that or turn it on, or you can follow on the screen with me. And I'm just going to read through this. It says, starting at verse 16, Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Now look at this bit. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. And we're going to look at uh, just a small section of that scripture in more detail in a moment's time. But you see, if we look at that, we take that scripture and ask ourselves the question, what is it? What's the instruction? What is Jesus asking his disciples to do? What's the mission for them? Is it those things that we've just said that some churches aim at and that's where they set the bar? Actually reading that, I think what Jesus is saying to his disciples, what he's saying to church, what he's saying to us today is that we're to be disciples who can make disciples. Followers who make followers. Who make followers. Who make followers. And it continues like that. Should we pray? Yeah? Heavenly Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for your scripture, Lord. And uh, I just pray this morning as we, we dive into that, as we spend some time together looking at what you said, Lord, that you would teach us new things. Lord, that you would inspire us this morning that you would challenge us this morning, challenge our thinking, challenge our, our behaviour, 
Um, Lord, I pray that we would be changed from this morning. Lord, that we wouldn't walk out here the same person, but we'd walk out of this place more like you. And yeah, we just ask you, Holy Spirit, to be here with us. Open our hearts and minds. Lord, raise our expectancy, raise our faith this morning, we pray. Amen. Great. So we're talking about this term disciple. And uh, I've sort of alluded to what that might mean, but as we, as we unfold this series, this term disciple, discipleship, is going to be battered around a lot. So it's good that we start from a position of understanding what that even is. You know, what does it even mean to be a disciple? What does that even look like? And you can look in the dictionary and you can find the, their meaning of it. And their meaning is to be a follower of Christ during his life. So that's referring to the disciples who were alive when Jesus was alive. Um, or it's a follower, a pupil of a teacher, a leader. And that's maybe a little bit how we are currently in that sort of meaning. But looking at the Bible, what does it mean in, in application to Jesus? This is uh, a good way I like to sort of picture it. And it's a disciple is someone who learns from him, him being Jesus. We learn from him. Why? To live like him. Someone who, because of God's grace, because we mess up, don't we? And we've got God's grace over our lives. We conform to their words and their ways. So Jesus' words and ways. Um, Sorry, we conform our words and ways to the words and ways of Jesus. So we're looking at what he says and what he does. And we we try and do that for ourselves. That's what it means to be a disciple. We almost surrender ourselves to them. To say, do you know what? You you are king. You're Lord. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you do. I'm going to try my best to live my life how you lived your life. That's what a disciple did then. And that's what I think we're supposed to be doing now. And you might be thinking, that's great. That's great. I get a bit of an understanding as to what it means to be a disciple. But what practically does that mean? Because back in the day, disciples would have literally done everything that the the leader would have done. Walked the same way, got on the same path. Ate the same, at the same foods, done things a certain way, they would have copied them. And so what does, that, what does that practically mean for us? How do we actually do this? And unfortunately, we're not the first disciples and I don't have Jesus stood here as a, as a physical human. I can literally follow him like the first disciples did. But what do we have? What do we have? We have the Bible. We have the word of God that we um, can look, we can read. We have the scriptures and particularly we have the gospels. The Gospels are the account of Jesus' life, where we can learn, where we can understand, where we get an insight into his life, what he did, how he lived, what he said, and therefore we can apply that to our own lives. And I'm not going to dig really deep into into this this morning, it's just sort of to give a bit of a framework, a a surface framework for us as we move forward, but I do want to draw our attention to just three things, three things practically that can help us Be a disciple, practically be a disciple. And I've taken these from John, and he sort of, uh, the Gospel of John, and he he puts these three perspectives out there. And they are worshipper, servant, and witness. To be a disciple, we're to be a worshipper. We're to say, do you know what? I want to reflect your glory, God, back to you, and just be like in awe. From a place of love, from a place of joy, from a place of like, yes. You've done it. You paid it. You paid the price for me. You've done it all for me. We want to be a worshipper of Him, living our lives to, to give Him the glory. We want to be a servant. 
We see in the, in the scriptures, we see in John uh, 13, 4, chapter 13, 14 to 15, how Jesus stoops to that position of servant, doesn't he? He washes the disciples' feet. He stoops to the lowest of the low. He teaches us we're to be servants. Who are we serving? Who are we serving in our lives? And thirdly, to be a witness. You know, Jesus was sent with a purpose. He didn't just come to have a jolly. We've not just been born into this life to have a jolly. We've been sent with a purpose. We've got a purpose. There's a plan. And actually, there's, there's an action in being a witness, isn't there? There's, there's a, an expectation that you're going to share. You know, if I was chatting in the week in preparation for this, and someone can try and live a life like Jesus and never talk about him. And what will people say? Even if they said, I've prayed the prayer and I'm a Christian, what will people say about that person? They're a nice person. They're a nice person. They do nice things. They look out for people. But if you don't actually share, you don't talk about Jesus, then are you truly a disciple of him? Are you actually bearing witness of what he's doing? in your life and what he can do in theirs, in other lives. I think there comes with that responsibility that we're to share, we're to talk about it. And I want to encourage you, go and read the Gospels. Go and understand and learn about the man of Jesus and what he did. And that is the best place to learn how to be the best disciple you can be. Get stuck into the Scriptures. So I want to ask you this morning, are you a disciple of Christ? Are you? Maybe you are, maybe you aren't. If you are, great. Isn't that amazing? No? <laughs> Come on, people, work with me. Yeah? I appreciate the cogs are turning. You're trying to take it in. But isn't that amazing? Yeah? Did you know that you have something? Have you said yes to Jesus that you have something so special that it's not just for you? It's not just to be held in here that I get to keep hold of. But I'm meant to share it. I'm meant to give it out. And if, if you're not, that's okay. But you can be. You can be. You can say yes to him right now, if you want to. He's there asking if, if, if you want to, if you want to say yes to him. You can start that journey of discipleship today. And I want to ask what's stopping you? Why not? Because I can tell personally, the day that I said yes to him has been it's the change of my life. And I bet if you talk to anyone in here who's, who said yes to him, It'll be a change like that almost for some people. can literally be an overnight thing where your life has dramatically changed. Not for the worse, but for the better. That doesn't mean that life is just easy and everything falls into place. Life's hard. We mess up. We get things wrong. But when I know Jesus, when I've got Jesus in my life, it changes everything. Um, I wasn't going to, it's not in my notes, but I think it's appropriate to share right now. Is on Thursday, uh, we got broken into. And um, I've never had that before. And it's a little bit, I, I don't know, it's a little bit of a weird situation I was finding. But when retelling the story, especially on Friday, and people are like, you all right? Are you okay? I'm really sorry. And like, we really appreciate the love that we've seen, particularly from members of this church. But you know what? I'm fine. I'm fine because I've got the peace that goes above all understanding in my life. I'm at peace. I don't feel scared, I don't feel frightened. And that's, I believe that's Jesus that's changed me to feel like that. I'm sure there are other people in, in this world that if they get broken into and they don't know Jesus, that's, that's big. That can, that's massive for them. And it can send them in a downward spiral, but not with me. 
I'm at peace. I want you just to take a moment. Just close your eyes where you're at. And if you've said yes to Jesus before, if you're, if you're a follower of him, I want you to try and cast your mind back to that moment. Maybe it was a specific moment or maybe it was over a, a period of time, but remind yourself. Remind yourself of that time. And if you're not, if you've never said yes to Jesus, then maybe picture today. Why not today? And in your heart, you can say, do you know what? If you're real Jesus, then yes. I want to be a follower of you. Why? Because he died for you. He died on a cross to take away your sins. And he rose again three days later for you because he loves you. Now when I remember the day that I said yes, it brings a smile to my face. I don't know about you, but it brings a smile to my face because I know that things have changed then. And there's a, there's a buzz and an excitement. And I think, do we not get that when we've got good news to share? We get excited. Yeah? We get enthusiastic. We, there's, there's some energy. There's electricity because we, like, we just want to share. If you're a Christian here this morning, have you got that? Have you got that inside of you? Have you got that buzz and excitement of wanting to share? Because that's what we've got. We've got something that we should want to share. We've got great news. I wonder, you know, that you can read some stats about church, church in this country and how it's on the decline and you've got churches that are dying and all of this. And I wonder if, if the reason that is, if the reason why we've not seen church just blow up and, and just go and see like people come, seen revival, maybe that's, maybe that's a good word, why we've not necessarily seen revival in the last 10 years, however many years here, particularly in this country, is because actually we set the bar too low. We set the bar too low, just like all those things that churches can aim at. Maybe we've just set the bar too low and we've thought, Do you know what, if you come to church, that's enough. I don't think that's the bar that Jesus has set for us. I don't think that's the bar that he wants for us. I don't think that's the bar that he wants for you, the plan for your life. I think he's got a higher bar than you even think for your life. He's got a greater plan for you than you think for your life. For me, that excites me. For you, that may scare you, but I think that's amazing. And I wrote down, I've moved it, our washing line of hope. It never was supposed to be called a washing line of hope, by the way. Um, that just sort of got adopted on the first day we showed everyone. Um, but I wrote down, uh, I don't actually think I wrote it down on there. I wrote it down in a book, A Hope for 2019, for me personally. I want to share it with you. And that was that I would journey with at least one person, just one I'm not setting, my, setting my, my, my stall too high, but just one person. I'd journey with one person. I'd lead them to Christ, lead them to know Jesus and to say yes to him. That was it. Imagine if we all did that. Imagine if we all adopted that hope. We'd double. That's a bit scary actually for me because I don't know where I'd set everyone. But it's not, it's not about that. But you know what? Actually in preparing this, I want to change that hope. Because for me, that's, that's not what God wants for me. He doesn't want me just to lead someone to Christ, lead someone to him, and then that's it. I don't think that's what he wants for me. I don't think that's what he wants for you. So I want to amend my hope to this. 2019, I want to journey with at least one person. I want to lead them to Christ. I want to say yes to him. But I want to disciple them. I want to journey with them, build a relationship with them, so that they grow a passion to do the same for others. That's what I want. That's a better hope that they then go and do it for somebody else and they have that same fire inside of them that they don't 
just hold it. But they're like, I want to invest in other people. That's what I want my hope to be for this year. And maybe you can join me with that, but definitely keep me accountable because can you believe we're already in the middle of March? And how long have I got, how, how much have I got uh, on, on terms of that journey? Not very far. So please keep me accountable to that. And um, join me if you want to adopt it too. What if, this is, a, this, is, this is big in some ways, and this is quite challenging actually as well, and you might be like, whoa, hang on a minute, Matt, but what if Jesus, what if what he said to the disciples, what if he, he's sort of saying to us is actually, I don't see you as a true disciple of me unless you're making others. You might be sat there being like, I try my best. What if, that, what if that's how he sees it? Actually, you're not a true disciple of me unless you're making others. And I don't say that to make you feel guilty or ashamed if you've never led someone to, to Christ or anything like that. I'm not saying that because that's not what God speaks over us. He doesn't speak over his guilt and shame. But I want it to challenge the way we think, challenge our faith, challenge how we actually uh, live our, our lives and to make us think, what does it actually mean to be a disciple of Christ? Because all of those targets are great. All of those targets are great, but actually if, you make a dis- if, you, if your aim is actually to make disciples who make disciples, and that's why it's disciples squared there, disciples who make disciples, if, you, if that is your aim, you get everything else. You get the commitment. You get them coming to church. You might get them baptised, hopefully. You get them to learn the Bible. You know, you get all of those things. So why are we settling for anything less? Why should we be settling for anything less? And maybe you're sat there thinking, well, that's all well and good for you, Matt. You know, you're confident, stood up on a stage and all of this. I, don't, I wouldn't know what to say. I wouldn't know what to do. I'm not an evangelist. That's not my gifting. You know, and what I'd say to you is, well, look at the Bible and look who God uses. Just one, Moses. He said, don't use me. I'm not the person to be used. But what did God do? He used him. And I believe he can use you as well. And as a church, we're aiming to reach thousands of people for Jesus over the next coming years. We want to we reproduce churches full of reproducing disciples. And the best part for me is that there's a, there's a place for all of you in that. There's a, there's a place for you in the plan. God has a plan for you that's part of his plan. Yeah? I love the fact that Hannah brought that with Jill about we're all part of the same body. We might be different parts, but we're all part of the same we can't live without each other yeah there's a part for all of us and and in particular for this church I want to echo what was said that there's a place for you here there's a place for you in this church and maybe you know what that place is maybe you know how how you're serving this church and that's great and keep doing it and I want to encourage you to keep going but maybe you're sat and you're like do you know what I don't know what my place is yet I, I I maybe I am that hidden person I'm that person who I used to have a place, but maybe now I don't. My season's changed and it seems like I don't fit anymore. And I want to say, you do fit. You do fit. There is a place for you. We've just got to find it. We've got to have the conversation. We've got to be open about it. Maybe it's up here at the front. Maybe you're a teacher. Maybe you've got the confidence. And we can have a conversation about what does that look like for you to be able to teach people about the Word of God. But that's not everyone. And I get that. Maybe it's giving people a lift you know, there's some people um, that love to come to church, but they either, for whatever reason, can't get here. I'm sure there's people in this place today that have either got a spare seat in their car that could give someone a list. 
21st century, you can't have no transport and excuse for why people can't come to church, can we? Or is that just me? No? No? I don't know. For me, I just think that we can't have that. 21st century, why people can't come to church just because we can't get them here. Or maybe just like Jill, you're being that listening ear throughout the week. You're being that person that is meeting up with people, having tea, having coffee, having cake. You'll have to let me know when that is, Jill. <laughs> yeah? Maybe that's your part that you play. It's not all about Sunday. Sunday isn't church. We are church. Being out there is church. I live my life as church. Yeah? It's about how we live our lives. It's not about what we do on a Sunday. My heart for you is, as we journey together, that we all get to exercise the gifts that God's given us. That we all get to grow in that. That we get to grow in, in our leadership of that. Why? So we can be the best worshipper, the best servant, and the best witness that God has called us to be and show those people around us. But I just want to take a few moments um, just before we wrap up about one verse. One verse in the scripture. Um, and I sort of drew your, drew your attention to it. Drew your attention to it, I should say, as we read it. Uh, why? Because for me, when I was reading the passage, this, this is the game changer for me. You know, if we really believe this, then this should change everything. You know, and if, if we're a Christian here, then we should be getting fired up because of this. And if we're, we're not a Christian and we're trying to figure this all out, for me, this is like, well, if we believe this to be true, you know, and if Jesus, you know, say, Jesus, show me that this is true, then this should change our lives drastically. Verse 18, it doesn't have the number on there, but it says this. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Yeah? Let that sink in for a minute. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. But first Jesus says, or it says, Matthew records, then Jesus came to them. Like that wasn't a normal thing actually for Jesus, for the, for the leader to go to the student or for the teacher to go to the student. It would have been the other way around. So that's quite in some ways a controversial thing for the, for the time and place. Why do you think Jesus did that? I don't know. Maybe to, to say I'm approachable. You know, and I want to come to you. I don't expect you always to come to me. I want, I want to come to you. I want to be a part of your life. Maybe it's to um, stop the doubters. It says that there's some doubted. Maybe it's to convince them, actually, no, it's me, it's Jesus. Or maybe it's to, to show as a sign that we're to go. Actually, we're to reach out. Don't be expecting people to be coming to me all the time and I just sit here and I wait. But no, we're to go and we're to reach out to them. And then what does he say? And then he says, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. If this is true, and you're the one to decide that for yourself. I can't, I can't uh, convince you, in some, I can't make you make that decision yourself. You have to decide, if, is this true or is it not true? Is what Matt's saying a load of rubbish or is this truth? I believe this to be true. And it changes my life because of it. Yeah? The fact that Jesus has all authority and uh, in heaven and on earth. You see, we see in the Gospels the authority of Jesus. We see that all the way through the Gospels, forgiveness of sins, the fact that he sends the Holy Spirit, the fact that he opens people's hearts and their minds to him, how he, he gives eternal life, how he heals the sick, how he casts out demons. We see that. Is this true? Surely that changes the game for us. Surely this is like pivotal to what we believe, is it not? Because it's from this point 
he then commissions them. What does it say next? Therefore, therefore. So that means because of this, because I have all authority in heaven and on earth, therefore you can go. And you know what's amazing? Is if you look further down in the last verse, verse 20, it says, and surely I am with you. Surely I am with you. See, Jesus sends his Holy Spirit to us. That means when we say yes to him, he's in us, he's with us. So it's not just the fact that I go knowing that he's got all authority. I go with him knowing that he's got all authority. Does that not excite you? Does that not change the game for you? Yeah? Maybe it's just me and I'm just speaking to myself. It changes the game for me. Authority over all, heaven and on earth. You've got to come to the Sunday evening services. You, if you've got time tonight, last week, if you, be out of you there last week. Anyone? A couple of people. Didn't it just go off? It went off last week. We were, there was spiritual warfare going on and it was awesome. It was so good. Um, you've got to get there. Anthony, I believe, speaking tonight. I should know that because I'm hosting, but I'd love to see you there. There's a plug for the evening service. Um, back to authority though. I wonder what authority means for you. We're going we're gonna to wrap up really quickly. I wonder what authority means for you nowadays. Like, what does that word mean? Because I think for us in this day and age, authority is quite a negative word. It brings with it like constrictions, restraint, your do's and your don'ts. Um, it brings with it, for me, it sort of sends a bit of a negativity out there. Oh, authority, you, you know, push it back, keep it at arm's length. But actually, Jesus' authority, I think that's totally different. Totally different. And maybe I'm biased, but I think that's totally different. I think that's freeing. I think that's releasing. I think that's ascending authority. I think that's a loving authority who cares for me. I think it's a winning authority. The fact that he's already won. 2,000 years ago, he won. We get to stand in a place of victory this morning. Do we believe that? Yeah? Do we know that? Does that actually affect how we live our lives? Because I get to stand in a place of victory knowing that my sins have been paid and that I've got eternity with him. I don't need to be afraid of anything. I invite the band up, please. That'd be great. I want to ask you, who's got authority over your life? Who is it? Is it you? You can be a Christian and it can still be you, you know. As Hannah was sharing about finances and stuff like that, you know, there can be areas of our lives where actually we still feel that we have the authority. Maybe it's someone else. Maybe someone else sort of, you just follow them and do whatever they say. I don't know, you, you answer that question yourself. Or... Or is it Jesus? You know, when we say yes to him, when we say yes to Jesus, we're ultimately saying, do you know what? You have authority over my life. I'm going to become a follower of you. I'm going to try and learn to, to do what you do, live in a way that you lived. That's what it means. Can we stand if you're able? I want us to leave with this this morning. I believe we've all all of us whether we're whether we're said yes to Jesus or not I believe the intention for you because Jesus wants us all to come back to him so I believe we're all called to be disciple makers to be people who don't just hold things for ourselves but actually we share we go out we reach out because the thing with that 
the aims of the church, the problem I have with those, although they're great things, the problem I have with it is that it stops with the one. It stops with me. So it's almost as if like once I've done it, I can tick the box and then that's it. But I don't feel we're called to do that. And we're going to be looking across this, this series, what uh, more practical ways we can go on this journey of discipleship and, and how we can learn to do that. So if you're, if you're thinking, oh my goodness, what, what is this series going to be like? We're, we're in this together, aren't we? Yeah? We're in this together and we're going to learn together and we're going to grow together. But, but know this this morning that Jesus has the authority in heaven and on earth and that his promise is that he will go with us, that he will go with us. So can we just for a second close our eyes, picture your week in front of you, Monday to Friday and Saturday. What's going on in your week? What meetings have you got? What conversations are going to be had? And I want you, regardless of whether you believe this to be true, because actually sometimes we've just got to tell ourselves, I'm going to, I'm going to choose to believe it. I'm going to choose to believe it. And when we do that, we, can, we grow our faith. But I want you now, whilst thinking of those things that are happening in your week, invite Jesus into that. And say to him, do you know what? If you have all authority in heaven and on earth, that means you've got authority in this situation that I'm about to face. And in preparing this, I felt that there are people here that have got big things this week. Things that actually you'd rather didn't happen. Things that you wish you could go to sleep tonight and you could wake up next week because you don't want to face it. You don't know how to face it. And I'm saying, if this is true, if you believe this to be true, then you say, Jesus, you've got all authority in this. You've got all authority in this. And I hope that that changes. Surely that should change how we go into that situation, knowing that he has all authority. Hold him to his promise. He's promised that. He's promised that he'll be with you. Hold him to it. He doesn't just promise it for the sake of promising. You know, if someone promises you something, you want to hold them to it, don't you? You promise me you do that. He's promising you now. I will be with you. I have all authority and I will be with you as you go. As we finish with a song, if there's something that you'd love to have prayer for, please go over to the side and get prayer. If that, if that resonated with you, in terms of you've got something big this week that you just need to invite Jesus into the situation, please don't leave this place without getting prayer. We'd love to pray with you. We've got some great people who'd love to do that. But let's just reflect in this last song. If this is true, I'm going to claim it. That's what I'm going to do anyway. You can join me with it or you can just sing the lovely song. Yeah? God bless you. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts, go to ivychurch.org forward slash media.